0: Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment.
1: 25
0: I haven't got myself a snack if I knew the intro was gonna be that long all right it this was week 20
1: seconds
0: this week we're gonna be reviewing the beavers at the unicorns uh, but segment one first of all things that we've either talked about this week or things that we've talked about before now I told I asked you a fact I did ask you um, about Jackie Robinson and you knew about his number <laughs> and I asked you did you know what his college number was? I could have have sworn the answer that I gave you was not the number that I have when I wrote down, when I went to research it again, just to check. But, all right, go ahead.
1: Before he was number 42... Jackie
0: Robinson was not 24.
1: Before he was 42, he was the number 5 for the Kansas City Monarchs. Uh Uh-huh. He said, Bob Kendrick, president of the Negro Leagues, Baseball Museum in Kansas City.
0: Now, when I wrote this down originally, I put number nine. I was sure it was number nine, so I guess I either I misread it or I misremembered it. I guess I must have misremembered it. Um, in early 1945, while Robinson was at Sam Houston College, the Kansas City Monarchs sent him a written offer to play professional baseball in the Negro Leagues. Robinson accepted a contract for $400, pounds of, uh, sorry, $400 a month. Although he played Dad well for the Monarchs, was Robinson was frustrated with the experience. He had grown up used to a structured playing environment in college, and the Negro League's disorganization and embrace of gambling interests appalled him.
1: Robinson played 47 games at shortstop for the Monarchs, hitting .387 with 5 home runs and registering 13 stolen bases.
0: Uh, during the season Robinson pursued potential major league interests. No black man had played in the major leagues since Moses Fleetwood Walker in eighteen eighty-four. But the Boston Red Sox nevertheless held a tryout at Fenley Park for Robinson and other black players on April sixteenth. So yeah, he only played one season in the for the in college, in for the for the Negro Leagues. I did not know he took part in a tryout, though, for Boston. I thought that was kind of interesting. The uh, next part was not so good, though. The tryout, however, was a farce. Even with the stands limited to management, Ray Robinson was subjected to racial abuse. He left the tryout humiliated, and more than 14 years later, in July of 1959, the Red Sox became the final major league team to integrate its roster. Um, I mentioned that before. Uh, I think it was Pumpsy Green, I think, is the, the player. But
1: Who's that? Uh,
0: the, last Africa, the first African-American to play for the Red Sox. All right, story number 2. Kind of links in with story number 1 as I saw about last I'd say we normally record on Sunday. So last Sunday was September 11th. I actually saw this story directly after we finished recording. Uh, but it linked in with um, what we were talking about anyway. So go ahead.
1: Wait, how did house they how are they the last team to get an African-American player on their team? But they have team. David Ortiz.
0: Well, that's a little afterwards. It wasn't that late. It said 1959. Late. So Jackie Robinson... Well, it took 12 years. Jackie Robinson was 1947 and the Red Sox was 1959. Uh, Yeah. I think it was Tom Yorkie. I think that was part of it. I think that was the owner. Um, But yeah, it took way too long. Way too long.
1: Run baseball quotes on Twitter, firefighter Michael Camarata... Camarata, I think. Camarata lost his life at the age of... 22, September 11th attacks in 1991.
0: No, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, we've talked about this before. When there's a period, that means that you've got to stop. I don't okay, care he about... lost his. Well, it changes the whole meanings, though. He lost his life at the age of 22 in the September 11th attacks in 1991. The September 11th attacks weren't 1991, they were 2001. All right, what happened in
1: 1991? 1991, he played right field. For this Staten Island team that made it to Williamsport, mm-hmm. his eleventh is
0: number eleven
1: is the only number retired by the Little League World Series.
0: I didn't know that. Like I knew Jackie Robinson forty-two retired, and you knew that as well. And when I was at Williamsport with Mason, I did not notice that number eleven had been retired. And um, yeah, it's well kind of poetic, but not very nice either. September eleventh, and he wore eleven as well. I hadn't heard that story before, but obviously with the 21st anniversary well, that of September is a... 11th, that kind of came up.
1: Well, that is strange that he wore eleven.
0: And it was September 11th? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd not noticed that coincidence when I wrote it down. Alright, the third story I saw this week, um, I wanted to ask you, I always like to ask your opinion on things as well. So, I don't know if you know that there's a player called Jeter Downs. He's a Red Sox player. He's kind of been bouncing between A and uh, the majors this year. Can you guess how he got his first name?
1: Derek Jeter.
0: Correct. I think his parents were big Derek Jeter fans. Now, this player I'd not heard of before. I don't think this one will be too difficult to guess. Wait, Dad. Ripken... He probably
1: hated the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> could there. be.
0: Ripken Reyes. Uh, San Antonio Double AA. Cal, Cal Ripken, obviously, yeah. Now, actually, you and your brother both have Baseball middle names as well. Masons was a Red Sox player. Yours is as well. You mentioned David Ortiz earlier. You're David because of David Ortiz. I'm trying to. I wanted your opinion because you always come up with good answers. What current players would make good kids' names in the future? Then we got Gila Downs. We got Ripken Reyes. Um. Okay, I got a dad joke for you. Trout sounds a little fishy as a kid's name. <laughs> All right. Alright, what do you think then? Is there any players that you could see, imagine, in perhaps 20 years time appearing in my classroom? As a baseball first name. I was trying to think. I couldn't really think of any.
1: Otani.
0: Like, <laughs> I figured you'd probably say Otani. Oh, I couldn't really think of any. Alright, perhaps I might ask you again next week Ooh, then.
1: Batista.
0: Batista. Batista. Uh, as a first name? Oh, I yeah, and it's then a, Jose like the is the last name. <laughs> Bautista Jose? Well, I don't think you get to choose your last name, because that's, that's already decided, but you get to choose your first name. Alright, well, if you think of any more, you can always uh, you can always tell us next week. All right. We announced this last week that we're going. To, you said you wanted to do the review for this. We saw that uh, Marcus Castillo's Birmingham uh, Beavers were placed uh, facing the Utica Unicorns in the USPBL final review. Um, I actually thought the USPBL Jackson because I guessed. I assumed it was the US Professional Baseball League. That's not what it is at all. It's the United Shore professional baseball league i guess that would make sense somebody must already have a u.s professional baseball league and um, players who've been signed from this league last year okay there's a lot of people who've been signed for the mlb uh ricardo velez was from the hoppers signed for the twins jackson hicks went from the mammoth mammoth to the twins jordan carr from the unicorns to the twins uh malik barrington went from the beavers to the twins, twins. wow that's four straight away from the twins uh nolan clenny went from the unicorns to the mets uh, Jordan Harvey went from the Unicorns to the Royals, yes. and Jared Wright went from the Mammoths to the Royals, and uh, Doug and Darnell went from the Hoppers to the Rockies. So there was eight people actually. There's only four teams in this league. Eight people actually got chosen from those teams to um, the MLB. So be interesting to see who, and perhaps in a year's time, if we're still doing this, uh, which eight players might come up. All right, you're up first. This is from uh, the USPBL.com. The
1: 2022 All USPBL team was voted by the league's coaches in baseball operations. I think the coaches would vote for their own team.
0: Um, Sometimes you're not allowed to.
1: In baseball operations. Personnel. Mm-hmm. Unicorn Unicorn's Noah Childress mm-hmm. won the batting title with a Three three nine in unicorn average Ar- in Ari...
0: I think it's Sakopoulos. I'm not sure though. Was
1: the home run champion with thirteen on the season.
0: So both of the players, um, the top players for home runs and average, are both from uh, the unicorns, and um, they actually announced the all US PBL team as well. So Ari Sakopoulos of the unicorns was at first base. Uh, John Hodo of the unicorns second base. Alex Pup of the Hoppers was shortstop. Houston Parker of the Mammoths well. was third base. Drew Galassi of the Unicorns was an outfielder. Malik Bolin of the Unicorns was the outfield. Marcus Castillo of the Beavers was announced as an outfielder. Uh, Noah Marku, I hope that's how you pronounce it, of the Hoppers was an outfielder. Uh, Matt Parkinson was a catcher from the Unicorns. Noah Childress of the Unicorns was a DH. And Dakota McFadden of the Beavers was a utility player. So I think the utility player... Why is
1: there so much unicorns? uh,
0: There's a lot of unicorns, right? So I did tell you on this one, the unicorns are going to be heavy favourites for this one. So I'm just kind of setting the stage for you. I think the utility player means they don't just play one position. So I think sometimes i will move around like first, second, third, short, depending on who's injured. So then they can be
1: like a left fielder and then a pitcher?
0: I don't know if they're that much of a utility player, but they might be. Um, I did notice they announced four outfielders, even though you can obviously only play three. So I don't quite, I don't think it's an exact team. Um, I didn't look through the pictures, because there's a lot of pictures. I just went straight for the outfielders. But I saw Marcus Castillo was in there, so I was like, hey, we got a Who's gotta, the
1: picture? We got
0: I didn't read that part. Now, MVP candidates, and I don't know if they've announced this. There's four. Not surprisingly, uh, Ari Sikopoulos of the Unicorns, because they had such a good average. Uh, Drew Galassi of the Unicorns, for the same reason. Dakota McFadden of the Beavers, and a certain outfielder from the Beavers called Marcus Castillo, (laughs) uh, second in team batting average at 319, boasted a 98.5% fielding average.
1: What's what's his OPS?
0: And led the Beavers in on-base percentage at 399. I'm writing down what they had for the list for those people. So Marcus Castillo made it to the final four of MVP candidates. I don't know if they've announced that yet. Um, If they have, I couldn't find that information out. All right, JJ, tell us about the history then. This league's only been going since 2016, so tell us which teams have been winning.
1: Birmingham, Bloomfield in 2016. They got 26 and 22. Mm -hmm. Bloomfield, the Birmingham, Bloomfield, Beavers, 29 to
0: 24. That was 2017,
1: okay. Beavers in 2018, 26, 21, Mm -hmm. 19, the Mammoths, the Wooly Mammoths, Mm
0: -hmm. 28,
1: 21, Unicorns, Unicorns for 2022 and 2021, 22 and 13, 22 and 12.
0: Gosh, I was confused with a year and a record, and I can see it in front of me. So, 2020, they had a they won with a record of 22 and 13. And in 2021, they won with a record of 22 and 12. So, they've only been playing for six years. Uh, Birmingham obviously won the first three, so they're pretty good. Yeah, they've uh, but- had the most... They had, and Utica won the last two, though. So if Utica, strong favourites for this one, they could actually tie it up with three in a row and tie it for the most championships. Yeah. Now, I don't know, JJ, how much of this game did you watch? I watched it, not live, I watched it about an hour behind live so I could skip through the commercials, and it was a really exciting game. You only started watching this last <laughs> yesterday. I did say I actually missed the first inning, yeah. um, but I said if you want to skip a little bit, you can. So... Why don't you tell me what you know of the game? I don't even know how much you left. I I, I took part in a disc golf tournament yesterday, so I left with you watching it. So, um, what have you got to tell us then? This I kind
1: one... of skipped a little bit. In
0: the... <laughs> you skipped two hours, which I said was no, fine. No, I kind of
1: skipped a little bit, and uh-huh. I got, like, a little bit of each at-bat. Okay. So I got a... I watched a minute of each... Of,
0: <laughs> so you watched two of minutes all of the, game.
1: the I watched a minute of all the at-bats. Okay. Like all the at bats were in one minute.
0: So you watched two min- one minute total? Yes. Did you get to see Marcus Castillo in that at all?
1: Um no, I think I must have accidentally skipped over.
0: Alright, yeah. so who won the game then? Any memorable I... moments within that one minute that you saw? Can you <laughs> no. remember can you remember the score at that time?
1: No, I don't think so.
0: Mm, not the I best. I think
1: it ended in six.
0: In six innings?
1: No, I think it ended with something to six. Uh
0: Uh-huh. Probably not the best review you've ever done. Uh, Luckily, I took some notes then for this. Um, I did miss the first 40 minutes, and I saw the unicorns were three up going into the second. I was like, oh boy. Uh, Your prediction was a one-run game, actually. You said it was going to be close, and I I disagreed. I thought the unicorns were clear favourites for this one. With the one exception, Birmingham did win 18-5 to the previous day. So I was like, if they can start off hot, then they have a good chance. Um, then there was a two-run home run from uh, Wellington Guzman to make it 3-2. to two. That was his third of the season. I noticed they had a bat dog as well. So they send the dog out, grabs the bat, and then walks off. I was like, that's pretty cute. Jackson's going to like that if Dad, he sees it. Uh-huh. bat
1: flip. Fetch.
0: <laughs> the bottom of the second, there was a triple, a double, another double. Center fielder got injured. Uh, Unicorns got two more runs, so it was 5-2 to two at that point. Uh, top of the third, unfortunately, Marcus Castillo hit into a double play. Uh, there was a mascot race, so you missed that as well. Um, the bottom of the third, uh, they padded their lead. They added an extra run, so 6-2, to two, and I was like, oh, boy, do we really have to review this? Uh, top of the fourth, Felix Aberet hit a home run to left. Unfortunately, it was just a solo shot. Uh, bottom of the fourth, bases loaded, uh, two outs, and they oh got my- the strikeout, so there was no extra runs there. I uh, Top of the fifth, there was catches interference, uh, but the Birmingham couldn't get any runs. Uh, bottom of the fifth, one, two, three for the reliever, so no runs for the Unicorns again. Top of the sixth, unfortunately, another double play to end the inning. Bottom of the sixth, Beavers give up one single, but no runs. And then this is where we're starting to get a little bit more exciting. Top of the seventh, two outs, two on. Uh, I think it was Marcus Castillo who hit the, the RBI double. And then there was a three-run home run from Felix Aburetta. Again, that was his second of the game. So they took a 7-6 lead. And bottom of the seventh, no runs for the Unicorns, 7 6. Top of the 8th, two outs, runners on first. Uh, base is loaded for Marcus Castillo. Unfortunately, he struck out, so they I left like everybody me. on base. Uh, they actually brought in. At least
1: to the stands. They
0: brought in, actually, the uh, reliever of the year at that point. So they took the player out. They brought their best player in pitching to try and keep the score as a one run game, and it worked. Uh, top of the ninth. Felix Aberetta, third home run of the game. Uh, there was a double error and a misfield, and it was thrown away. Uh, Um, So somebody could get to second as well. And um, that was it. They closed out the game. So you're right. It was something to six. Uh, It was eight to six. I think I got everything in the right order. Uh, 13 hits and one errors for the Beavers, and uh, six only okay, six hits and two and two errors by the Unicorns. So those hits came really early on, and in the end of the game they had nothing pretty much. Uh, Marcus Castillo on Twitter: uh, I mean I can't say it enough. I love baseball and I'm learning to appreciate all that comes with it. So um, they were the team were obviously very excited. Everyone kind of jumped on top of each other at the end, and they were. I watched the picture celebrations, but yeah, great to see. Um, just hoping now um, when they do the MV MVP voting i know we don't get a vote jj but it'd be nice to see marcus castillo win that as well He's i got think a championship the, ring
1: i think this um all the fans should vote
0: that'd be nice so um, then everybody, everybody that, would
1: vote marcus castillo see
0: i don't mind fans voting for like the all-star game i think that's fine I, I think that's okay but for mvp i think it should be the people who know a little bit better otherwise it becomes a popularity competition and people like people from new york tend to do better uh, just because they're a bigger city so i'm okay with um, other people voting for that one I haven't seen pictures. I don't know. You know how normally when you when you win a World Series, you get like a ring. I don't know if you get a, a ring for for this, but I haven't seen any pictures. Of I think that you yet, should but... at
1: least get um. I think you should at least get like a watch.
0: <laughs> People don't really watch wear watches anymore. What would you do if you won more than one though? As well, that be you'd look kind of would... weird with two watches on. Wait, Dad. I guess you wear one on each wrist.
1: Wait, Dad. Uh huh. If I hopefully I could win like fourteen. World Series, uh-huh. seven on each arm.
0: <laughs> seven watches? Uh-huh. All right, anything... Each of
1: them are worth over at least $100,000. Anything
0: else from this one? No. Um, I did see at Jimmy John's Field there is a Fall Fest coming up in October. Where if you're in that area, we are not. It's Detroit area. You can meet the mascots. Uh, Let's it's go. actually like different beers. You get 10 uh three ounce beers i think it is they're tasters they're not like a full drink but you can try different companies um (laughs) i don't think we're going to i don't think we're going to be in detroit in october unfortunately and um yeah we didn't really go up there in the summer either so we were hoping to get to see one of those games but it didn't happen this year but perhaps next year we'll be able to go up and see that All right, Coppin State updates. I don't have anything for baseball, JJ. Uh, but there was a women's volleyball tournament that was actually in Virginia. So why don't you tell us? Why didn't we that. go? Uh, it was Lynchburg, which is like three hours away, and I was in a disc we golf can tournament. We three hours. I was in a disc golf tournament yesterday as well. We don't so. care.
1: You can still go.
0: There, there is a volleyball, I told you, there is a volleyball game that's going to be at Howard University, uh, which is in D.C., so that's a little closer. That would be like With, 30 minutes, as opposed to three hours. You've seen the price of gas. I'm, it was a little, we don't, it was a little Dad, too much. The, the other prices thing,
1: of gas are like three fifty.
0: The other thing was, it started on Friday, so we wouldn't have been able to go and Let's see it anyway. So. Let's go,
1: Dad. Too late, it's already happened.
0: Tell us what happened. Tell us Cop how and, the ladies
1: did. Coppin State's won the Liberty Tournament Title in Lynchburg, Virginia, this weekend with a 3-1 victory over the Host Flames. Before a 3-0 sweep of Ratford. Mm -hmm. On Saturday afternoon at Liberty Arena, they also beat Eastern Michigan 3-2 on Friday too.
0: I added that comment in. That was my line, actually. The other thing I took from the Coppin State website, but I didn't realize there was three games because I was like, hold on, it was Friday and there was two on Saturday. But they only mentioned one. So, yeah, 3-2 against Eastern Michigan.
1: Mm-hmm. The Eagles are on a seven-match winning streak and they ha- and have won a school record nine non-conference matches already this season. That's
0: pretty impressive,
1: right? Dad, kind of like the Eagles. Orioles streak.
0: Um, it's not as many as that, admittedly, but that's good for the Lady Eagles. Oh, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, hopefully they can
1: keep it going for, like, 23 games. (laughs) Um,
0: I think the thing is, most of the games, you normally play the non-conference games at the start of the season, and then you tend to play the ones in your conference afterwards, so I'm not sure how many non-conference games they have left. Um, the other thing I did see this week was about the basketball as well, so...
1: Coppin State University Director of Athletics, Derek Carter... Announced on Wednesday, April 26, 2017, that Juan Dixon had been named the seventh coach of in Coppin State University men basketball history. Dixon is entering his fifth season as the Eagles' head coach in 2021 20, to 2022. Mm-hmm. This past season, Coppin State won its MIAC regular season. Titles since twenty since 2003-2004, mm-hmm. campaign by recording an 8-4 and four record during conference play.
0: So it said entering the fifth season in 21-22, so I guess once he enters this, this season, it will actually be his sixth season. Um, the reason I saw this, JJ, was the 2022-2023 schedule was announced, and I was kind of looking, is there any games we can go? now you read that with no recognition at all and i wouldn't expect i was going crazy when i saw that Juan dixon had been announced as the uh, the head co- was, the, was the head coach for copping state i had no idea that's what i figured you were going to tell me so here's the stats one of the most celebrated student athletes in maryland history dixon remains the all-time leading scorer in program history that's the university of maryland with 2,269 points, after leading the Terrapins to their first national title in 2002 as a senior. He holds six different records in program history, ranging from points, games played, steals and three-pointers. The most outstanding player of the 2002 NCAA Final Four, an ACC Player of the Year. Dixon earned two All-American selections, three first-team All-ACC selections, and two All-ACC tournament selections through his illustrious career.
1: Why is there so much A and C's?
0: Because he was in the ACC. Maryland used to be part of the ACC. He averaged sixteen point one points, four point two rebounds, two point six assists, and two point four steals in one hundred and forty forty one games from nineteen ninety eight to two thousand and
1: two. That's average. So I, (laughs) or an NBA player, it's
0: not. It's not NBA. This is college. Their games are much shorter. Their games are much shorter. You don't write about the NBA. So you can stop talking. One uh, Dixon is not average. I'm. you going to be. It's a good job you're editing because you need to edit out every time that you call One Dixon an average player. We just said first team.
1: Average.
0: Okay, whatever. Uh, now I remember this time because obviously I'm a UNC fan, so I was watching the ACC games. But I remember seeing players like uh, Chris Paul at Wake Forest, One Dixon at Maryland, and they were just phenomenal. And I got to see some of those games live as well. But the other reason why Juan Dixon stands out more to me is he was drafted with the 17th pick of the 2003 NBA draft. Go on, tell me that's average as well. Average. By the Washington Wizards. Average. Where he spent three seasons. He signed with the Portland Trail Blazers in 2005 and he averaged a career-high 12.3 points during his first season with the team. Average. After stops in Toronto, with, uh, Toronto and Detroit. Dixon wrapped up his seven-year NBA career with the Wizards in 2008-2009. He was inducted into the University of Maryland Athletics Hall of Fame in 2012, and he was selected as one of 75 all-time March Madness players in 2012.
1: Average. I
0: used to own a Juan Dixon jersey. Because I, I used to go to some of the Wizards games, and I specifically remember having a Juan Dixon jersey, partly because I liked him when he was at Maryland, so um, I had no idea that Juan Dixon was their coach. I am super excited by that. Uh, you don't care. You're being disrespectful, so I'm going to go to those basketball games by myself, Average. I think. So why don't Dad, you tell us about...
1: It's... Dad, if it's... Um, if it's a game with lebron james
0: lebron james does not play in college
1: then i want to get.
0: he doesn't play in college
1: game. he plays
0: in the nba so you don't even know the difference between college basketball yes. and nba basketball. yes i do all right jgb sports podcast is not allowed to record a sports podcast because you don't know anything about basketball
1: yes before. i do tell
0: us about the orioles tell us how your orioles did they're okay. not making the playoffs now that's they lost sure.
1: <laughs> one to zero they went four to. Three sorry games. who did they lose one zero to
0: who was that
1: they lost 1-0 to the Phillies. No,
0: they didn't. Yes, the they did. The winning pitcher, according to my list, is Rich Hill. And the save was from Barnes. And uh, it says it was um, at Boston. So that must have been the Red Sox. I don't oh, normally Dad, include previous they, week's results. Dad, the Phillies
1: um, played at Boston. At I think I ones. told
0: you. I was like, Carl Braddish threw a three-hitter. And you gave me a high five. And I was like, and they still lost to the Red Sox one zip." 6-2.
1: to
0: so this, well, Six to Washington. three. You wanted to see those games. We yeah. didn't get to see them, but they won both.
1: Dad, yeah, they won six to three. They won six to three against Toronto. Uh, no,
0: they lost both of those games six to three. What? Unfortunately, so. Um, okay, yeah, they have
1: lost. Toronto. Tor- they have Toronto, Detroit, 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 Houston, 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 and Houston. That should all be easy. Wins except for the Toronto game.
0: Uh, Houston has one of the best records in the American League, but okay, we we'll, don't we'll care. Whoa, Thursday night in Boston. Uh, sorry, Thursday night in Baltimore. Kyle Bradish versus Justin Verlander. Oh, what a shame you can't walk. I might have to go see. Oh, I Mason's got a darn tournament. This happened last time. There was a really good game up in when when they were playing Boston, and I couldn't see that one either because Mason had a golf tournament. Oh well, never Dad, mind.
1: make it to them. Whoa, make it, mom. Make mom take
0: so (laughs) that you could go. She can't. She's at work. I finish at the same time.
1: Uh, Jim
0: Callis on MLB. uh, Gunnars Henderson has batted 320 average uh, on base 370. And um, his uh, slugging is 520 in his first two weeks in the big leagues. That's pretty impressive stat. And somebody did ask um, a question I saw. um, Who's going to be the shortstop for the Orioles in a couple of years' time? Um, I didn't realize Jackson Holliday also plays shortstop. And I I didn't realize that uh, Gunnar Henderson plays shortstop. Anyway, it says Holiday may have a bit more first step quickness, and Henderson may have slightly more arm strength. Uh, The person thought that Henderson will eventually wind up at third base when Holiday arrives in Baltimore in a couple of years' time. But yeah, they got some good players in that infield. They got some really good players in that infield. All right, tell me about how my last place Red Sox did this week.
1: Okay. Not
0: good. I cut out the Baltimore result because um, I already told you about that one.
1: Okay. they lost six seven to six in ten innings. they lost
0: to the Yankees.
1: five to three against to the, the Yankees, Yankees, which they should be because it's the Yankees uh, they have to get destroyed against the uh, Yankees. They won two to one against Kansas City, but they lost nine to zero.
0: That was last night. That was last night.
1: Oh, they have Kansas City, Cincinnati, Cincinnati, hopefully. Wait, is it at Cincinnati?
0: Yeah, that at symbol. That's called an at symbol. Yes, it's Yay. at Cincinnati.
1: Woo. So now they can hit it through the And summer. what about
0: the last four games of next week? Oh,
1: they have a four-game series against New York.
0: In New York. Oh, boy. hope. I'm surprised. Look at the ticket prices. Ticket start at 19. Should... Ticket start at 21.
1: Ticket start at 25. $40. No, no that's just. That can we go. That's like.
0: No. For $40. <laughs> no, I'm not, going that, I'm not going for that one. Um, I was kind of surprised. I honestly thought it would have been. Uh, I think they
1: gave me a free giant Yankee things.
0: I thought it would have been more than that, to be honest. Um, I actually saved I actually saved this note and I forgot to mention it a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Jeff Passon on Twitter, uh, September 5th. Centerfielder Kiki Hernandez and the Red Sox have agreed a one-year, $10 million contract extension. We'll keep him in Boston for the 2023 season. Woohoo! Now you need to get Xander Devers signed up as well, please. Uh, CBS Boston reported on Friday, 95-year-old retired U.S. Air Force Lieutenant Colonel Ecock Woody Woodhouse was presented with the Living Legend Awards by the Boston Red Sox and the Boston Area Church League. He grew up in Boston in the 1930s, and after the attack on Pearl Harbor, he enlisted and became a member of the distinguished, I hope I pronounced it correctly, Tuskegee Airmen. Yep. The nation's all black... Tuskegee. Tuskegee? Okay.
1: Tuskegee.
0: Okay, well, I'm glad you got it. The nation's all black combat flying unit. He spent much of his adult life inspiring Boston youth to achieve greatness, and that's why he's being recognized. He also threw out first pitch against Kansas City. On, I think that was also Friday night. I yeah. haven't seen the first pitch, I just saw the, the news broadcast on Friday morning. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, in the middle, Dad, you have to say ski.
0: Oh, you do. Okay, Tuskegee. Yeah. I didn't. I've not heard of that before. I'm, once again, I'm not surprised that you know something military related. But uh, that's the way that it goes. All right. This weekend, baseball. Um, short one to start off. <laughs> are you laughing already? Short one to start off with already. Um, I did tell you this one. The Angels are going to finish under 500 for the seventh consecutive season. Uh, that's the longest active streak in the major leagues. I do have an update on your boy though. Uh, last night Angels had a 2-1 win over the Mariners. Uh, it was Shohei Itani's 25th start of the season and uh, he went scoreless through seven innings and I think he only gave up three hits with eight strikeouts. Um, He has 196 strikeouts for the season. He also hit a double, which Mike Trout uh, scored on. It would have been a home run in 26 other major league stadiums. That's a little unlucky. Obviously, it was a pretty powerful hit to get that for. So, um, yeah, when Shohei starts, they tend to do well. But when he doesn't start, not so good. Just
1: start him for most of the games.
0: (laughs) And totally ruin his arm. All right, story two. I've been watching a lot of baseball this weekend because it's the World Baseball Classic. Um, 2016 qualified, Mason and I actually went to Brooklyn to try and see if uh, Team GB could qualify. Uh, They actually lost to Israel in the final, so they didn't make it to the World Baseball Classic. Uh, Mason and I were like third third row, right behind home plate. Tickets were pretty reasonable. We bought a season ticket, which was like, you could go to every game. It was like six games, I think, in total. And um, yeah, we had an absolute (laughs) blast. The one for 2020, I believe, was actually cancelled in the end because of COVID. COVID. But I think it was in Arizona anyway, so I don't think we could have gone to that one. And unfortunately, this one for us is in Germany, so there was no way we could get to see. There was no way we could go to Germany to see this. Yes, we could. All right, so tell us.
1: Now, there's two
0: pools that are trying to qualify right now. Pool B is coming up in a couple of weeks' time. What's that? It's like a group. So tell us about Pool A or Group A.
1: The top two qualify in the double elimination format. The teams vying for those two—that's a
0: V—vying
1: for those two spots. That means trying are to get Great Britain, Spain, France, South Africa. Czech Republic and Germany.
0: Yeah. Now, they put a stat out that said the number of players currently in MLB organizations, because some of them play on, like, single A, double A, triple A over here. Uh, Great Britain had 10. Germany had 5. Spain had 4. Czechoslovakia had 0. France had 0. And South Africa had 0. But Great Britain didn't get a bye in the first round. Um, so they had to play an extra game. So, anyway, tell us about uh, Friday's results. They had two games each day.
1: Okay, South Africa lost 4-5 to five against Spain.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and in the evening match.
1: And Great Britain beat Spain 14-4, 13 hits France. to 8 hits, France. 2 errors to 4 errors.
0: Yep, and uh, finally in 8 innings, the mercy rule, because they led by more than 10 runs for that one. Um <sighs> Yeah, it was a particularly impressive game. It was close for a long time. It doesn't really tell you the fact that I think Great Britain had put up fours in consecutive innings. So it was a two-run game for most of the game. Uh, But they got away from them at the end. All right, Saturday. So Czech Republic and Germany kind of had a bye. So they got to play the winners from the games. What's a bye? Bye. Um, that means they didn't have to play. I don't know if they were a higher seed, or I don't quite know how they got that by, but yeah, they had to play one less game. So, tell us about Saturday's games. Okay. High scorer in the first.
1: Um, Spain destroyed the Czech Republic 21-7. to 18-8 mm-hmm. hits, 5-1 errors.
0: 5 errors is bad. That's really From bad. From
1: Spain. Yeah. Eight. One. Well, they
0: did actually say that Spain, even though they played an extra game, might have an advantage because they were a little bit more warmed up. I don't know. I don't know if that's how it works or not. If that's true, Czech should, Czech Republic should have played Germany on a like um just had like a little scrimmage, and then they would have been a little warmed up as well. But hey, that's their fault. They didn't do that. And Great the late Britain.
1: Game? Great Britain to Germany. Great Britain won eight to one, nine hits t- to four hits one. To three errors. Yeah, Germany, nine to two.
0: Germany made three errors as they were most nine of them were to Nine to nine people. Pulled. They tried to throw them across the first base and they just didn't get there in time. Um, so, yeah, obviously, very impressive from uh, Great Britain. They've already got two wins, but no losses, importantly, as it's a double elimination. And all the other teams now have one loss. So, South Africa lost and France lost on the opening day. Uh, Czech Republic and Germany have lost, so they've already got a loss each as well. So, it's looking good for Britain right now. And what about Sunday's games? Uh, the Czech Republic games actually already been, uh, well, it's uh, France versus Czech Republic and South Africa versus Germany. The first one was at 7 a.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time, so that's already been played. And South Africa, Germany actually been played as we're recording. And um, I want to tell you about the Britain games because I watched both of them. Um, the leadoff batsman for England were, uh, for Great Britain was called Harrison Ford, which is the same name as a, a famous actor. Um, but then immediately in the commentary, they just called him Harry Ford. So it's really just Harry Ford. Um, in his first game, he had three at-bats, uh, two runs, two hits, two RBIs, and three bases on balls. Um, he had a home run in the first game, and after that, they pretty much just walked him because he was so good.
1: He's um, amazing. His,
0: his OPS, because I know that you uh, like that figure, JJ, was... The OPS
1: uh, is more important 2 than the point,
0: average. 2.833. So, basically, every at-bat he had, he was getting 2.8 um, bases. Mainly because when you walk, it doesn't count as an at-bat. So, he was getting... He had three free bases, pretty much. And uh, in his second game, he went uh, 1 for 3, no walks, Um uh, But um, his average for the tournament so far is 500, which is, yeah, that's pretty good. Now, I didn't know who he was, um, but they mentioned at the time that he was was a Mariners player, but I didn't know, so I had to look at more. It says Ford was selected in the first round with the 12th overall pick in the 2021 Major League Draft. So that's really high, or average, as you'd probably say. Um, On July 22nd, 2021, Ford signed with the Mariners for the assigned slot value of $4.36 million. So this is not some average player if you're paying him okay, 4.36 million. That
1: money is for Juan Soto's average.
0: Ford made his professional debut with a rookie-level Arizona Complex League Mariners, slashing 291, hundred and four eighty-two with 3 home runs, 10 RBIs and 7 doubles. Nine walks and 14 strikeouts over 55 at-bats. He opened the 2022 season with the Modesto Nuts of the Single A California League. So I hadn't heard of Harry Ford before. Why are they
1: called the Nuts?
0: That's what the their nickname is. Don't know. There's obviously some reason, but I don't know. He's only 19. Uh, he's a catcher, uh, which is obviously an important position as well. But boy, can he bat. Um, he, his eye is really good. So I'm going to be interested to see what happens. Um, the next match for Great Britain is against um, Spain. they're the other unbeaten team on tuesday the winners automatically qualify for the world baseball classic dad the losers which if in great britain losers they play in one other match and if they win that match they also qualify for the world baseball classic dad so as long as they win any of the next two they're in the world baseball classic
1: dad hopefully um um, great britain is the czech republic and spain is spain (laughs) 21-7. Twenty-one to seven. Oh, you want them to win
0: twenty-one Spain to seven. Spain wins. I would be. I hope they beat Spain because I don't want it to go to a, a last chance one where if they lose, they're out. That would be kind of bad. All right, you're hiding for some reason, but you're doing story three. Uh, Jim Callis on MLB.com.
1: Yankee, Yankees shortstop prospect Anthony Volpe has stolen forty-eight bases this season. If he can swipe two more bags in Scranton, wipe. I, I don't know how you pronounce that
0: place. I, I should know. wilkes it,
1: it... Bear remai-
0: Sure. I don't know how you pronounce that last
1: Remaining part. 12 contestants. He'll produce the first first 20 homers, fifth feast deal seasons in minors since Andrew Jones.
0: In 1995. That's a uh, weird
1: name to spell Andrew. Uh, it has a, a U. U at the end.
0: That's how he spells it. Yeah. It's, it's good when you're trying to search his name on Twitter because there's not many people with a U in that position. Um, Andrew Jones was a big player for the Braves. So he was who's a big that? player. Who was the Braves? The Atlanta Braves. No, who's. I just told Andrew. you, Andrew Jones. So I knew him it's a lot from when I fame. first came to... I don't think he's in the Hall of Fame, but he was a very he was one of the youngest players in the World Series. Um, he was very dominant in his first World Series against the Yankees. And um, his son was also in that draft that Jackson Holiday was as well. So I, his son might, was definitely drafted in the top five. I just don't remember the position. All right, so tell us about the other one then. There's two who got a chance to set records this year.
1: Red shortstop prospect... Ellie Dela Cruz. Why is there so much Dela Cruzes
0: in the minor name. leagues? Popular last
1: night. Has twenty-eight homers and forty-six steals in seventeen games. If he can make it to thirty blasts and fifty swipes, he'd be able to be the first minor leaguer to do it since Willie Royster and. 1981. I'm
0: assuming you realize 30 blasts is 30 home runs. And 50 wipes is 50 uh, steals. So, yeah, the other guy can get 20-50. This guy has a chance to get 30-50. Way so, better. Um, yeah, well, well, yeah, I agree. So, we'll have to see what happens with uh, those ones there. All right, story four. You're going to do the introduction, and I'll tell us a little bit more of the information.
1: MLB.com reported history on Roberto Clemente. The Rice lineup featured... All Latin American born players, the first time in MOB history.
0: I didn't even know there was a Roberto Clemente Day. I totally missed this until what? afterwards. How? Like, I knew about Jackie Robinson Day. I'm assuming it's Roberto Clemente's birthday, but I don't know that for sure. Uh, the reason no, why it's, not?
1: It's the um, Spanish Latin. American week something like that it is
0: part of that but I, I, I don't know why they chose that specific day to be Roberto Clemente I'm sure there's more significance
1: it's the first day of that the Rays
0: lineup included players from well it wasn't because it was the middle of the week uh, from Cuba Diaz and Randy Uh the Dominican Republic Wanda Franco Manuel Margot and Jose Siri Colombia Harold Ramirez Venezuela David Peralta and Pinto and Mexico Isaac Paredes Now, what makes this more impressive is, the Rays first noticed what the Elias Sports Bureau later confirmed, it was the first time all nine hitters in the MLB were born in a Latin American country. Um, They didn't realize until the game had started. It's not like they did this deliberately. Oh, it's Roberto Clemente day. Let's make sure all of our nine players are Latin American born players, and we can set the record. They didn't realize until the game had started. Uh, that's very good for the team and for every Latin player. And on this day, it's more special because it's Roberto's Clemente's day. Ramiro said uh, that happened on the right day. Everyone enjoyed it right after the game because nobody knew. So when the players came off the field, they didn't know that. Everyone was wearing twenty-one as well because it was Clemente. And um, yeah, I thought that was a, an interesting little stat there. I'm surprised that hasn't happened before, to be honest. Now, Jay, normally we're already quite far I and mean, got to story four. Sometimes we only have two stories and three stories. I saw a couple of other things I thought you might be interested in as well uh story five the Dodgers are the first team to 100 wins so we talked about the fact that they might have a chance to beat the record uh for most wins in the season even though that wouldn't be a good idea because it's the postseason that's important not the regular season but they're the first team and story six I know you going to talk to Papa tonight and um I did see a couple of things that were uh relevant for this um Ohio State beat Toledo last yes, yesterday, 77-21. to 21. That's a pretty high score for college football. I couldn't find necessarily that biggie score. I did see 72-0 against Pitt in 1996. Um, and 83-21 against Iowa in 1950. But that's a pretty dominant performance. Um, also, the Guardians walk-off in 15 innings. That was the longest game of the year. So if you, I, didn't find, I meant to look for the time and I totally forgot to look. And also, I remember when I looked at that, I was like, "Oh, you asked me last time, what's the most number of runs that Orioles have scored in a game?" I could not find that, but it did say that the the biggest win was thirty uh, by the Rangers, and that was at the Orioles. So <laughs> I don't know. I can't tell you more. Um, it said Texas was scoreless in the first three innings, and then they went on to win thirty to zero. It's like, wow, that's. Uh, that's pretty crazy.
1: I have something else for Roberto Clemente. Oh, okay. For the Mets game, um, I think, um, Roberto Comente's grandson threw out the first pitch, and Roberto Comente the third threw out the first pitch as well. Oh, you told me that. How did you see that? Was that on YouTube I, or something? I, yeah, my teacher did watched it on, um, on the MLB thing.
0: I'll be out. Yeah,
1: because we were reading about him.
0: Uh-huh. Well, let me tell you this. It's not Roberto Clemente's birthday, because that's August 18th. Mm-hmm. Um, and he died on December 31st. I knew that wasn't... I knew it wasn't the death date, but um, I wasn't sure on his birthday. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think it was um, part of that week. And the other story to stay in Ohio is... Oops, my notes just went all the way back to the start... start. Hold on a second. Um, Hunter Green and the Reds in a game last night had 47 pitches over 100 miles an hour. That's the most in a game since stat tracking began in
1: 2008.
0: Now, I don't know if this is true or not, but at Goldie Schmidt claimed uh, the Diamondbacks have only had four total pitches over 100 miles an hour in the MLB since 2015. (laughs) So in seven years... They've only had four total pitches, and the Reds in their game yesterday had uh, 47 pitches over that. Most of them were responsible by Hunter Green, which is why I mentioned his name specifically. Um, but yeah, that's a crazy statistic, so I thought that was impressive.
1: Wait, what team did only four?
0: Uh, Diamondbacks.
1: The Diamondbacks are horrible.
0: Well, you Hunter
1: Green could probably beat them in pitching.
0: You don't have to throw over 100 miles an hour to win a game, but it can certainly help. Of course the faster you throw it the faster it goes out of the stadium once they hit it as well all right that's all i got for this week jj hopefully next week i can tell you that britain's qualified for the world baseball classic but... i don't
1: not think that's happening i th- I think it's going to be spain versus the czech republic
0: okay